Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. We are on spring break this week at my house, so I've done my best to clear my calendar with anything that resembles work too much. What I will say, though, is that so much of what I do doesn't feel like work. It's such a shift of when I used to work in corporate and every new project made me groan because more than half of what I spent my time on never amounted to anything. At least with having my own business, while I feel like there is something new I'm learning every day, it generally doesn't feel like work. There is a whole different energy around it when you work for yourself and you get to reap the benefits versus when you work for someone else and doing the things they tell you are important, all while knowing that most likely nothing will come of it and that it's just a waste of time. I'm almost two years into this journey and it still blows my mind that this is my job. This is how I want everyone to feel in every aspect of their lives. And this podcasting gig is part of it. So let's get to today's episode. Today's guest is Ashley Holmes. She is a holistic fertility coach who has gone through her own fertility struggles and now has three kids. After two years of trying to get pregnant the first time, she went through the traditional route of working with a fertility clinic, which was very hard on her physically, but also mentally and emotionally. When Ashley was ready to expand her family further, she decided to take things into her own hands and find a natural way that worked for her to make the process as smooth as possible. She now helps other women on their own fertility journeys through many different modalities, including yoga sessions, teaching Ayurveda principles, and providing Reiki, to name a few. Some of what we discuss in this episode is the reasons that women struggle to conceive, different ways we can nourish our bodies, how to not blame yourself if you can't conceive right away, and how knowing your dosha can help you become the healthiest version of yourself. Without further ado, let's welcome Ashley to the show. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to talk to you today. I think this conversation is going to hit home for a lot of people. But before we get started, I would like to have you choose the color blue or red. I have a blue book and a red book, and I will ask you a random question from whichever book you choose. Blue. It has to be blue. I feel like blue gets picked way more often than red does. All right. Let's see. Do you think people will still eat three meals a day or will it change 20 years from now? I'm going to say that people will still eat three meals a day. I feel like that has been the way it has been for so long that I don't foresee in 20 years that changing. Yeah. I actually really like the four or five smaller meals a day just because that helps me feel better, but I know that the standard is three meals a day. So we'll see. I plan to still be here in 20 years. So we'll find out. Me too. I definitely believe that, you know, you never want to be feeling hangry. So yeah, making sure nourish yourself is important. Mm. So I would love for you to tell my listeners, what was Ashley like as a young child? What was your personality like? And what did you do for fun? 
I was a fiery child. I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of spirit. And for fun, I lived on a farm in the middle of Canada. So I loved climbing on hay bales. And I loved being outside with all of the animals. And I love going for bike rides and really just exploring. And I really try to bring that into my life still because I feel like it is so important. Mm, I couldn't agree more. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were little? Yes, absolutely. I wanted to be a teacher, but I'm a teacher in a different way. Not the traditional in a school classroom kind of a teacher, but in teaching yoga and teaching mind, body and spirit practices and religious and ancient wisdom that has been around for a long time. Mm, I love that. And I agree because I think even I remember I wanted to be a teacher was one of the things I had many things and I just get to teach in a different way. So now you are, uh, you're certified in yoga and Reiki and you're a fertility coach. So I would love to hear a little bit about your journey to get there. Definitely. I feel like that was my calling and that's why I am doing what I'm doing now is because I once struggled and didn't have the resources and the support that I really wanted at that time. And eventually I did have twins, but it was a long journey to get there and to now have the wisdom and to know how to work with my body. I was able to conceive naturally and to just give a holistic option and alternative, a way to really live your life so that you are nourishing yourself from the inside out. So what is, holistic fertility coaching? So for me, that is giving you healing modalities and practices that are non-invasive, that have no medical effects or side effects, because that was the reason I chose not to use a clinic again was because I didn't enjoy the side effects that I was experiencing. And knowing that I didn't have to, and that wasn't the only option was really empowering. So what was the difference from the first time when you went through a clinic to the second time when you did not? I would love to hear a little bit about how that journey was for you and how it was different. The first time around, I didn't have all of these teachings and practices. And as much as I wanted myself, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to shift that heavy energy, what to do with all these emotions and how to process them, how to work through them, how to release them. And really the difference for me has been to not run away from them, to not repress them. And, you know, by doing deep meditations and yoga practices, I was really able to release and shift and move that energy. So it wasn't blocking me anymore. So what do you think some of the common reasons that women struggle to conceive are? I imagine stress is probably a big one. What are some of the others? Definitely. Stress plays a huge role in our lives. And we all know that. But we need to be able to navigate stress and do something with it. So it's not, you know, endlessly releasing cortisol into our bodies and truly nourishing ourselves is really important because if our reproductive tissues aren't being nourished, then it is going to be very hard to conceive. So it has all been a learning and a practice and 
really just uh, unlearning of everything that I thought I knew, right? And learning a different way of being and living and realizing that that is how and why I feel so much better and more, more alive and have more energy and have really come into who I'm meant to be. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So what are some of the ways we can nourish our bodies? I believe that it's really important to do something for your mind, body, and spirit every single day so that you're not depleting your energy sources so that you're replenishing, rejuvenating. And I pride myself in the fact that I am healthy and I don't you know, get taken down because I realize when I'm out of balance and I can bring myself back into balance and alignment. And I think it's really important. You know, it's often not until our body is really giving strong messages and signals that we stop and we pause and then it takes that much longer to recover. So when women are going through this and they're nourishing their bodies and they're doing the things that you tell them they should be doing and they're still struggling to conceive, how do they stay out of the what's wrong with me mindset? Because I think that's really common with women is they start to blame themselves and that there's something wrong with me or my body. So what do you say to them to help get them out of that? I think that is a big part of it. And we need to acknowledge and accept that that is existing and present within us, right? Instead of feeling bad about it and feeling like we can't do anything is to just have that awareness of it. And with awareness, you can help to shift that and to change it and to move it and to reframe it to be I'm fertile in mind, body and spirit and have affirmations and mantras to use to help you to sort of switch that negative feedback loop that can be running in your mind because it's really not serving you. And it's just a thought. And just because it's a thought doesn't make it real. So really becoming conscious and aware of your thinking and what is running around in your mind and beginning to write those things down and reframe them and to notice them so that those feedback loops begin to be rewired into where you want to be, how you want to feel and what you want your life to look like. I'm hearing you say journaling is important. Affirmations are important. What other tips can you give to women who are kind of in that feedback loop and they're, they're, they are really stuck? Like what other tips do you have for them when they're trying to conceive? Really to prioritize yourself. You know, this is the time to prioritize yourself in every single way. And I think there's guilt around that as well. You know, how can I, am I deserving? There's all sorts of worthiness and these types of things that come up and it's like, If you don't do this now, when it is truly important, and that has been a big shift for me between my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy was knowing that I can only give from myself what I have, you know, and to replenish myself and my energy because it's really important. And then I have that much more to give and be the person I truly want to be for my husband and my children and everybody else in my life and as a coach. Yeah, I think for women, especially putting ourselves first is just this really difficult thing for some reason. So I would love to hear how you advise your clients to give them permission, if that's what they're looking for, to put themselves first, to really get them out of their own heads about, 
have to put my husband first. I have to put, if they already have kids, I have to put my job first. I have to put everything else first. How do they learn to put themselves first? You really do bring more into your life by giving yourself that self-care, that soul care first. And everything else is a ripple effect from there. And it's kind of our conditioning as well of how we've been brought up that we think it works the opposite way. And that isn't the truth. So really, you know, looking at those limiting beliefs and those habits and those patterns that perhaps you've been brought up with and seeing if they really serve you and knowing and really just tuning into your body and listening to your body about how you feel. And, you know, if you're not feeling the way you want to feel, and if your life isn't looking the way you want it to look, then to make those changes. And you will do that when you prioritize yourself. Absolutely. I think how you feel is such a big part of it and really tuning into your body and trying to see what is it telling you is so important. When most people stop and start listening to their body, they're going to realize, oh, I I don't want all that junk food. I want something different. Oh, I actually do want to sit here and just enjoy the birds or whatever it looks like when they actually start tuning in your body will tell you what to do. Definitely. And for a lot of us, it's really hard to find that stillness because we live this very yang lifestyle and we're very busy and we don't give ourselves permission to stop and reflect and to integrate things as they're happening. We think, oh, I'll deal with that later. And we shove it under the rug and we pretend it's not there or whatever the case may be. And that isn't in our best interest. Yeah, I I agree with that. Being still, slowing down is just not how this society is. And when you decide to set those boundaries and put yourself first, it can be so life-changing, but people are scared of doing that. And so I love everything that you're saying because it makes so much sense for anyone, even if you're not trying to conceive. Really, whatever you're wanting to birth in your life, right? It doesn't necessarily mean a baby. It could be a business or whatever else you are wanting to create. It's really that creative power and where it all comes from. And knowing that it's really hard to create from a place of depletion and looking externally. You need to look internally. That's such a great point that it isn't just necessarily birthing a child. It can be birthing so many things. We are all these creative beings and we have all these ideas. And if we just allow those things to come out, they will. I know that one of the things that you help women with is some Ayurvedic practices. And as much as I talk about Dharma, I actually don't really talk about Ayurveda that much. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about what Ayurveda is and how you incorporate that into your coaching. I feel like without that knowledge, I was never really truly balanced or aligned because I was doing what I thought was healthy And what is healthy wasn't necessarily healthy for me or my constitution. So that has been a huge learning and a huge shift to have that knowledge and to use that knowledge because it is a different way of living and being and knowing how to bring myself back into balance. And so for your constitution, you're either kapha pitta or vata predominant primarily and to know which one you are and what those elements are composed of 
And for myself, I'm PETA predominant, so I have a lot of fiery energy. And, you know, therefore, I stopped teaching hot yoga and I don't eat so much spicy food because I know that it's just fueling the fire within me and I don't need that. It doesn't serve me. So that has just been, you know, one way that I have changed my life and to choose things that actually serve me better and will help me in the long run. And it doesn't mean it's all or nothing, but it's just having that awareness, right? Absolutely. And so for anyone who isn't familiar with Ayurveda, those are called the doshas, kapha, vata, and pitta. And yeah, I think for me, learning about that was so eye-opening. So I am predominantly kapha. But what I love about the doshas is that you can move through them during different periods of your life. And so just so kapha, I tend to be a little more low key. And I do, I actually need the hot food because I'm, I'm kind of, I don't, I want to say cold because I feel like my body temperature is warm, but just in terms of how I am, I'm a little slower and things like that. And so I do take some supplements and vitamins to kind of like boost that within myself. But I loved learning that depending on what you have going on in your life, you can move through the doshas. So I don't know if you see that a lot with your clients that they're, you know, in a phase of moving through things because they're transitioning or trying to transition to a different part of their life. Definitely. There's so many cycles with Ayurveda, right? It's about living in tune with the seasons, living in tune with your body and living in tune with your mind and just knowing all these differences and being able to give yourself what you need in that moment has been really, really life-changing and transformative. So do you have any other tips? I know we talked about mind, body, and spirit and how it's all connected. Do you have any other tips for women who are really feeling frustrated, stuck? Like what can they do right now? Really the best thing you can do for yourself is to find support. And if you don't feel like you have that in your world, I feel like that is really going to help you to get where you want to be that much quicker and feel better in the process, right? Because as wonderful as the medical world is, you know, you go there for medical treatment, but then you leave and you're left to your own devices and you want to know what to do and you want to have something to do to help yourself. Community and support is so amazing in so many of the things. But when you're going through something as big as trying to conceive, I can't imagine not having support. And I think that there are so many great communities out there and people to talk to and work with. So I think that's a great segue into how can my listeners work with you? Where can they find you? And what kind of things do you offer up for them? So I have a free Facebook community called Holistic Fertility Coach, where you can join, where I bring experts in to talk about hormonal imbalances and things like that, do meditations, and really just have a sacred healing safe space for you to ask questions, because the purpose is so that you don't feel alone, so that you're not struggling, silently suffering at home by yourself, feeling like no one understands you knows what you're going through. So that's really why I created the community because it's something I wished I would have had. And I'm also part of a platform called Vibely where I teach yoga classes, meditations, and my coaching is available on there as well. 
Amazing. I know you've authored three books. Would you like to tell us about those? I feel like that was a really important part of my path and my journey as well is to truly just express myself and put my offerings out into the world in a different way. And I've always loved writing and it was so wonderful to get back to that and to do that again because when I had conceived naturally, I'd thrown all my writing away because I was like, I'm not holding on to the past. You know, I'm going to release that. And it was just a reminder of everything is always inside of us. And it just might not look the way we think that it's going to look. And in fact, it could be better than we ever imagined. So that is really just, we know that at some level, but it's just getting back to that. And I was part of three multi-author books and just the community within that and the friendships and the resources that are available and how your world just opens up has just been amazing. And I've loved every single one of them and they've all been, you know, separate experiences and one isn't better than the other. It's just been a beautiful thing to do and to have as well. It's kind of like your kids, you can't say one is better than the other or you like one better than the other. <laughs> oh my goodness. My twins ask me that all the time. They're like, that doesn't exist. So like you are each unique and I love you for different reasons and I'm never going to choose. Yeah. I remember asking my mom that when I was here, do you like me or my brother better? <laughs> and now my kids ask me and I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way, but it's funny. So I will make sure I link everything for my listeners in the show notes. Before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five rapid fire questions so my listeners can get to know you a little bit better. And you don't have to answer short answers. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Sure. What is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? I do yoga and meditation every single day and I wake up on purpose to meditate before my kids get out of bed because that's how I intentionally want to start my day and yoga I squeeze in always and it doesn't matter what type or what form but I just show up for myself consistently and that has made a massive impact on my life. Yeah. And I think it's so important to keep those promises to yourself because it's showing you that you matter, you know, and when you start breaking those promises, it just gets easier and easier to keep breaking them. So I love that you do that and that you get up early to meditate. What is something you do for fun? I love going hiking and I live in beautiful British Columbia and there is so much beauty around you and to take the time to stop and admire it and to take my kids or to go with my mom or something like that has been really really powerful because sometimes you know you don't think that you're capable and it's like yes I can of course I can when I make it a priority and I just take my time and know I'll get there. And I think that getting out in nature is such a good way for self-care. Also, back to the last question, it just, there is something about being outside that just makes everything better. And I don't know about you. I'm not sure what the winters are like by you, but in the winters here in Wisconsin, it can get really cold and windy and it's not fun. So those are the days that I start to feel the winter blues. And I'm like, I just want to get outside. I want to see the sun. So I imagine that it's so beautiful where you are. 
I made sure that I had clampons for the bottom of my boots last year so that I could still go and not injure myself in the process. But also in winter, I feel like you need to have something that you love to do. And I love to downhill ski. So that is something we get to do as a family. And I love it. And it's something I did as a child. And so I've sort of brought that with me because I think it's really important. And it's nice to have everybody going in the same direction, doing the same thing on the weekend. Mm, I love that. What does the world need more of? Compassion, I would say. I truly feel like there is a lot of separateness, especially with COVID, and that we really just need more compassion and love, both for ourselves and for other people. Yes, I definitely agree so much with that. All right. If you had chosen a different career path, what would it have been? Previously, before I had all of my children, (laughs) I was an early childhood educator and I've always loved children, but I knew at the same time it was time for me to choose a different path and something that also made me feel whole and complete. See, so you did have a little bit of that teacher (laughs) even before this. All right, last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Wow, I have done many meditations on this. And something that has always come up was to trust my journey, to trust my process, to know that I'm divinely guided and supported, and to really not take life so seriously and to think of the big picture. All good advice. And yeah, I think I would tell myself the same things, you know, learning to trust the journey and it's all perfect and good. And yeah, not take everything so seriously. I don't know exactly when that happened, but it it is now something I am unlearning and I'm very grateful to be unlearning it. Definitely. Well, Ashley, this has been so amazing. You have given us such good information and I know that my listeners are going to be excited to check you out so they can do all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me here, Heather. This has been a pleasure. I love what Ashley said about prioritizing yourself. I think whether you are trying to get pregnant or not, prioritizing your mental and physical health is so important. Like Ashley said, there are often feelings of guilt associated with taking care of ourselves, or we question if we are worthy of putting ourselves first. That is truly the first hurdle to overcome on any health journey, whether that's trying to conceive, trying to lose weight, or trying to heal from cancer. Doshas are something that got mentioned during the episode, but there wasn't too much detail about what they were or why they're important. So I wanted to give you a brief introduction here, but maybe I'll also do a solo episode in the future where we dive a little deeper because it's another cool way to understand yourself and your cycles better. In Sanskrit, the word dosha means energy. There are three different doshas or energy types. We are made up of all three, but there is always one that is more predominant than the other two. There are also two different ways to look at your doshas. One is what energy does your body or your constitution primarily carry. Think of this as your default setting or who you are when no one is around. The other one is what energy does this season in your life carry. 
This can change depending on what you have going on. Again, you will have one predominant one at any given time, but it can shift and cycle through to the next one. And in fact, you're meant to cycle through them. Here's a quick rundown of these three Ayurvedic archetypes. The first dosha is called vata. This is the energy of ideas and creativity. Think of multi-passionate and eccentric people. These are the people who have a lot of interests. Sometimes this energy is prone to anxiety because they have too many thoughts and ideas at one time. If you stay in vata too long, you can become ungrounded and never actually move forward with anything. From vata energy, you move to pitta. This is the energy of getting shit done. This is fiery energy. These people are usually direct and to the point. They are generally very organized, they have a lot of goals, and they want everything right now. Sometimes this energy can come across as impatient or judgmental. And if you stay in pitta too long, you will very likely experience adrenal fatigue and burnout. After pitta, hafa energy comes in. This is the energy of rest and restore. It is very grounded and an earthy energy. This energy is loving, giving, and nurturing. These types remain calm and centered even when things get chaotic. If you stay in kapha too long, you may start to feel such low energy that the idea of starting anything is overwhelming, and you may start to resent others for needing you so much. Once you've moved through kapha, you go back to vata. So think of it as a circle. And just know that too much of any one thing can always cause an imbalance, and your doshas or your energy is no exception. We are meant to shift and move through all of these doshas. I hope this gives you a little bit of context about why it's good to know your predominant type at any given moment and what energy each season of your life is calling you to tap into. Let me know if this is something that you'd like to learn more about. Links to connect with Ashley are in today's show notes. If you loved today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. We need people to have more conversations that matter. And by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. This podcast episode is brought to you by Prompts to Purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts. Inside, you'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams. If you're ready to dive in, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio, and I'll send it over. Come on in and see what everyone is talking about.